Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Welcome back to Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen here. Podcast episode 323. We talked about the most abused, overused, still need to use law of persuasion on the books. Good to have you here. little housekeeping. You can reach me at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. You can also take your Persuasion IQ assessment there. And pick up the new book, Maximum Influence, the newest edition. And of course, you have access to Influence University there. There's some free courses and there's the advanced 52-week course. Shout out, just got back from San Francisco, did a course on charisma and adding that to your persuasive presentation because anybody can present, but is it persuasive? Anybody can inform, but is it influential? And do you really know? Because too many times you gave a presentation and somebody said, good job, and it wasn't. How do I know? Because they didn't do what you were asking them to do. Nothing's worse than a presentation when someone comes up and says, great job. You're like, are you going to do it? They're like, well, no. That would be a failure. So that was a lot of fun. Shout out to San Francisco, Northern California, as we mastered the art and science of charisma. So let's dive into our geeky article. From Evolution and Human Behavior. And this gets all over the map, kind of wacky. The role of facial hair in women's perceptions of men attractiveness, health, masculinity, and parenting abilities. We've always known in trust that a little facial hair instantly, not long-term, hurt some trust. But as we went through the articles, it's crazy. They're all over the map. So facial hair has been positively associated with men's health, their immunity, their dominance, their competitive ability. Hmm. Yet some experiments... Women prefer less masculine faces, while others prefer more masculine faces. But then it also depends, do they want a short-term or a long-term relationship? But then another study showed that men, bearded men, are given positive attributes such as self-assurance, confidence, courage, sincerity, generosity, and industriousness. But then another study, beards are judged as less socially appeasing and more aggressive. So all these findings about attractiveness and facial hair are equally mixed. And some studies found full beards increased male attractiveness, and some did not. So what's going on? So this new study shed a little light on it. And they wanted to look at not just black and white, meaning there were four pictures of a man. Same man that was clean-shaven, lightly or heavily stubbled, and fully bearded. And women judge faces with the heavy stubble as most attractive, and heavy beards light stubble, and clean-shaven faces as less attractive. Now, on the other side, men rated full beards and heavy stubble as most attractive, followed by clean-shaven and light stubble as least attractive. But both men and women rated full beards highest for parenting ability and healthiness. So the studies found that an intermediate level of beardedness is most attractive, while full-bearded men may be perceived as better fathers who could protect and invest in their offspring. (laughs) Well... Believe it or not, still all over the map. It's going to depend on culture. It's going to depend on the person looking at you, their experience. 
Did their father have a beard? Did their friends have a beard? Did someone that hurt them have a beard? All these things come into play. So just be aware that it is a subconscious trigger, and it depends on, again, gender, culture, and their background. So kind of interesting, facial hair in men and the way women perceive them and the way men perceive them. Let's dive into a listener email. Oh, boy. Because this will help us jump into our blunder or ninja of the week. This comes from Ahmed. He's in Doha. That's in Qatar. He wants to know if the State of the Union address was persuasive. And as you know, on the show, we shy away from politics. I'm neutral here. But politics can get very emotional. But I think we can use this to illustrate a point. Because I know when I go to the Middle East, they love to talk about politics. There's politics all over the place. And of course, you get your politics from your favorite news media, which is probably lying to you because they all skew the truth to tell you what you want to hear. In fact, I've noticed in the Middle East that probably the most neutral news source is Al Jazeera, the English version, to where you look at some of the other U.S.-based newscasting services. They all want to say what you want to hear, and that skews things. And that's why things are screwed up around the world, is we don't just have one news source. You could go wherever you want that's talking your language, that's talking to you, that's saying what you want to hear. And then when you hear something else, it doesn't ring true and it must be wrong, even though it could be true. So, Ackman, I really don't want to talk about this, but we can. It'll still illustrate this very, very well. The State of the Union Address. Was it a blunder or was it a ninja? Don't, don't, don't! And the answer is yes. Why do I say that? Because you saw what you want to see. <laughs> You felt what you wanted to feel. That's pretty much for most people, unless you were completely neutral and independent, I doubt you changed your mind at all. Because remember, we are not thinking creatures that feel. We are feeling creatures that think. And everything that goes through our brains, tainted through our amygdala, which is emotion, and you see what you want to see. Because your brain's not a hard drive. You can go to a football game, and if you can be neutral at a football game, and there's this big hit. One side will say, oh, cheap shot. The other side will say, good hit, because you see what you want to see. In fact, they had a group of psychologists. Remember what they learned two weeks earlier at a seminar? And half the stuff they learned, they thought they learned, were made up. That's how the brain works. In fact, this last election, they did a study where they brought people in the room. They're all excited because it was their political party. They're going to listen to see if they're going to vote for them. Then after they were done, they really liked this candidate. Yeah, I could vote for them. They said, oh, I apologize. We sent you to the wrong room. This is the other party. This is a different candidate. And then, of course, the response is, oh, well, you know, uh, (laughs) you know the drill from there, what people do. We see what we want to see. So it could have been a blunder. It could have been a ninja. Whatever you were looking for, you saw. Unless you were completely neutral, completely open-minded, which is very, very, very rare for humans. You saw what you wanted to see. And that's important for your prospects. What have they heard? What have they seen on the internet? They are going to look for what they want to see. And you got to be very careful that you can send them in the right direction and know and manage their expectations. Because if they're expecting something negative or heard bad things, you need to deal with that. Deal with those objections and turn those into reasons to persuade them. Another interesting study I'll add to the mix at people at a restaurant evaluating the foods, but there was a rude, obnoxious person at the table. It affected food evaluations. Remember, most persuasion is tainted with emotion. That subconscious trigger, you need to be more aware of those, whether it be facial hair 
or politics or emotion or what they've seen on the internet, you need to find that balance between emotion and logic. So with that, let's dive into the most abused, overused, still need to use persuasion technique on the book. What is it? Scarcity, urgency, last one left in your size. The sale ends today. The furniture store going out of business for the 17th time. It is something that's so abused out there, but if you don't use it, people will all be back. I'll come back later, and they never do. Because there's the powerful side of this. Bidding on eBay, I'll spend 20 bucks, and someone in another state you haven't even met before takes it away from you, and you want it more? Romeo and Juliet, Adam and Eve. You put children in a room of 20 toys, don't play with that one. They want to play with it more? It's called psychological reactance, but it is abuse. People, oh yeah, sale ends today. And you know, if you come tomorrow, it'll probably still be there. In fact, I was shopping for this car and everything was good. I'll come back tomorrow, I'll bring you a check. Was at a dealership? Oh no, you've got to get it right now. Someone's coming later tonight. Look at this exact model. I'm like, okay, whatever, persuader. And I came back the next day with my check and it was gone. <laughs> So we've been burned in the past, and also we've been abused in the past, so this needs to be done in the right way. Those after Thanksgiving sales in the United States are those humans. They're in line. They are fights. People are fainting and passing out. People don't help them because they want their place in line. What's going on? So the key is that scarcity is the restricted availability of a product, service, time, or information. And when you set limitations on those items, it piques the interest of your prospect. The less there is of an item, now this can be real or perceived, the more it increases in value. And the more people want to have it. They don't want to miss out. That's how we are programmed. Every culture around the world. In fact, I was on a cruise with my wife. We were going to the island of Grenada in the Caribbean. The night before, we were at the table talking to a couple who had been there before. And they said, hey, first thing you need to do is understand this is the only place on earth you can get nutmeg syrup. Only place on earth, nutmeg syrup, and we bought two bottles, brought them home, put them in our cupboard. They rotted there because who knows what to do with this stuff, but it was the only place on earth. (laughs) So when it's real and legitimate and believable, it makes all the difference in the world. Or even when you restrict options or no, you can't have it. (laughs) We know when you tell kids, oh no, you can't read that adult content. They want to read it more. In Dade County in Florida, they said, yeah, you can't have that kind of laundry detergent. People wanted it more. My wife sends me to the store for ice cream. I buy four. Why? It said limit four. I come home, she's all, why'd you buy four? I'm like, limit four. (laughs) We see it in marketing all the time with Disney. They used to do the, oh, last time this decade for this DVD. Now, they're pulling all the Disney movies, and you have to have a special channel, special online subscription to get Disney movies. So creating that demand, and Apple does a good job with their iPhones. They don't make enough, so you have to stand in line to get those. Or what Orbitz does with their airline seats, oh, three left at this price. Before that, there was no reason to purchase. Now you have to know. Or Hotels.com combines social validation and scarcity. Hey, 30 people are looking at this property right now. And you're thinking, oh, no, same date. 30 different dates, but now social validation, 30 people are looking at it, which creates scarcity. And validates that it's a good hotel all in one shot. That's why if you're selling your home or your car, you don't say, hey, show up at 3. And okay, you show up at 3.30 and you show up at 4. All at the same time, create a little psychological reactance or scarcity. 
So it could be limited space or numbers. You have to qualify to be on the team. You have to qualify for the loan. I know a company that offered unlimited trainings throughout the year and, and their employees didn't take advantage of it. But when there's a limit of two, limit two, they took advantage of it. Potential loss. There's not enough to go around. And this happened with a study. People selling beef to restaurants. And when they said, oh, short supply, doubled the sales. But when they said, nobody knows, short supply went up six times. Restricting freedom, be putting on a wait list, qualifying for a country club is all part of that process. Now, one we all need to work on is deadlines. Deadlines is a form of scarcity. You can't say it's good forever. It's good for two weeks and let them know why it's only good for two weeks. Or you can hold a proposal together for two weeks or the bid's good for two weeks or the sale's good for two weeks, two days, two hours, whatever it is. They have to know why, and it's believable and it's legitimate. Don't make things up. Do it the right way. If they come back later, don't honor it. So even in the business world, deadlines, you have some people you work with that always keep the deadlines and some that don't. You need to put more teeth into this deadline. How? Well, let them know why and maybe where it fits in. If you don't have it Friday at noon, you can't do your report, which means so-and-so can't do a report, which means the CEO doesn't get the numbers. Maybe you're dealing with someone that needs micro deadlines where three deadlines is going to be more persuasive, easier to stick to than one big deadline. Maybe you need to CC their manager. Don't recommend it, but that might be the only tool you have. Maybe save that one for last. Maybe you want to, and this is not the best word, lie. (laughs) A lot of people tell me they just lie. They're so tired, they just lie. And the person probably knows that they lie, but it works. That's the only way to get them to do it on time. Another one is social pressure in a meeting. All right, who's finished it? Who's done it? Or put them all into a Google Doc or a Google Sheet to where everybody in green has done it, but not everybody in red. Don't need to say anything. A little social pressure can go a long way. Maybe a few reminders and make them all a little bit different, and it could be different people. Email, pop in. Make sure they have the tools to do what you're asking them to do and even provide some type of reward. Hey, done Friday at noon, we'll go out to dinner, we'll take the rest of the day off. Whatever you need to do, reward goes a long way. So let me talk about that. Scarcity for some personalities just doesn't have the same zing as others. So what I've found and the research is showing is that you always buffer a little scarcity, a little urgency, a little deadline, a little sell-ins today, bid is good for two weeks, buffer it with some type of reward. The sell-ins today, scarcity, and the reward would be but I can double your minutes when you make a decision today. Give me the report by Friday. I'll put a good word in for you. We'll take the rest of the day off. Let me know by this Thursday, and I can extend the warranty. Scarcity and then reward. Remember, real, legitimate, sincere, believable. They know why you've buffered it with some type of reward. This is a powerful technique. Here's an example. Home Shopping Network. You're like, oh, I'll just go to the store and buy it. But then they say not available in stores. That creates a little scarcity. And then this particular product's only up for 15 minutes and there's a countdown clock. That creates scarcity. There's limited quantity and they're going fast. Creates a little scarcity. And if you order now, they're going to double your order. Reward. You see how it all comes together and it makes people crazy. Another example that happens to me every year I'm a boater, love to boat. Not a big car person, I'm a boater. And with boating, you need life jackets. And the best place to get life jackets 
is Costco. Now, what Costco does every year, they buy a big batch of life jackets, and once they're gone, they're gone. They don't reorder. And this is true for a lot of their products. So they're gone, they're gone. They're not reordering, especially if it's seasonal. And so there's this community that when the life jackets come in, the texts go out, you've got to hurry, you've got to get it now. These life jackets last for less than a week. They're gone. They sell out a huge truckload because that scarcity, that urgency. It's believable. I mean, we'll look at history. They go fast. We know why. It's seasonal. They're not going to do it again. That's part of their model. That's Costco. I guess the reward is getting it. You're the only one that's getting it and telling other people that they can get it too. Might be part of that reward. Not a big reward in this one. Crank up the scarcity urgency. Use this tool. Use this technique. Do it in the right way. Be honest. Be ethical. Let them know why. Buffer with some type of reward. and It'll make a huge difference in your ability to persuade and influence. So let me recap a little bit here. I know it's been abused. I know you've seen it used in ways that just isn't right, has high lactose, cheesy factor to it. I agree. But then again, if someone doesn't have to make a decision, they can put it off. You know the human brain, they'll be back, they'll do it later, and they won't. And it's your job as a persuader to make sure they make a decision as soon as possible, because if they don't, they won't, and they'll find somebody else that helps to make a decision, and it won't be the right decision like working with you. So a few more things just to kind of get you thinking about this. Things that can create scarcity, urgency, or psychological reactance. A unique feature, something different, something one of a kind. Secret information that's hard to get. You're hard to get. You're hard to get a meeting with. Joining an exclusive group, being part of an exclusive team. Maybe it's selection for that team or group. A special discount. Make sure you give them a reason for that. Time constraints. Maybe there's a limited supply or an impending event. Maybe they're going to miss out. Maybe it's an exclusive or hard to find product. It can be cutting edge, very different. New information they can only get from you. Maybe we talked about earlier, there's some type of limit and a reason for that limit. So that's our podcast for today. Please let me know your feedback. Hit like, hit subscribe, go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Also, we're available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart. If you want to subscribe, it just downloads to your phone every week. Additional trading materials and coaching programs are also available at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. First coaching session is free. Let us prove our worth. Because everything you want in life is on the other side of persuasion and influence. So master the law of scarcity. It's one of the 12 laws of persuasion and maximum influence. And as you master it, not only you become more influential, but you'll be able to persuade with power.